Hello and welcome to the Three Guys Bar and thanks for tuning in to episode 21 of Happy Hour with the Three Guys, the only podcast where we celebrate the finer nuances of life and explore the renaissance and culture of, no, we're just going to drink and talk. In today's podcast, join us as we interview Ryan Newhouse about the upcoming Beer Bloggers and Writers Conference and recap the events of the Craft Brewers Conference that we just got back from. So sit back, grab a beer, and here we go. Happy hour. Happy hour starts now. Hello, everybody. I am Dylan. I'm William. And uh, we're third list today, but we're going to truck on and, and, and keep on carrying on. Um, so, everybody, welcome to the podcast you never knew that you did not want. And um, as we said, I'm, I'm Dylan. This is William. And uh, my beer is in the third seat. So, it's an IPA. So, Patrick is, is well, well immortalized today. It's with us in hoppiness. Yes. And, and what better way to be, really, is in happiness. Physically present. I mean, happiness is happiness. Yeah. 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 Uh, so how's everything going? Uh, pretty well. Yeah. 21. Yes. 21. Our, the, the our podcast, podcast is, is old a legal drinking drink. age. Yes. Yep. Podcasts can drink. Yay. Um, so we made it this far. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around with us. Um, have, you, have you recovered? Have you recovered from the the jet lag? I think so. You think so? I think so. I don't know. It, it took. I think I finally am, but it took me a good few days because I was I was exhausted. Yeah. Even yesterday, we went shopping, and the whole time I'm walking around, I'm just like God, I could lay here and take a nap. I probably shouldn't do that in Victoria's Secret, but I could lay and take a nap here. Um, but yeah, it it was it was rough. I don't know I, which. I mean, we we walked a lot. The the for anybody that is has not seen pictures or or footage or anything of the actual setup, the Craft Brewers Conference is in Music City Center. This particular year was in Music City Center in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was in the floor three room like. All of them. That was about to say that was just the expose. Yeah, it was that, on floor three. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the trade show itself was just on floor three. But I mean, they had seminars and it was a huge to do put on by the uh, American Brewers Association, and um, it, it was it was huge. And it, it, I've been to trade shows before for for IT related things. Uh, never been to the Craft Brewers Conference, but. Uh, I mean, everything I've ever been to pales in comparison to exactly what was put on at this particular conference. And I think that's great. I think it's great for the world of beer. I think it only spells great things. And um, it really kind of made my itch to want to open a a brewery even more intensified. Um, It diminished mine. It didn't mind. It did mine. It didn't mind at all. Why did it diminish yours? Because of the fact that it's just... Just going around and looking at you know all all the new innovations and things like that, and uh, I think it made it seem way more daunting to me. It's a very daunting process, but I mean, so, I, I kind of I knew because of all the research I've done, I, I knew that it was pretty daunting, so I didn't think too much about that in particular. But I can see how if if you didn't know all the work that went into it, I can see how that would be really overwhelming. Well, I mean, I had a basic idea, but my idea was formed upon. Uh, a couple of smaller operations that I and we have been to and seen, you know, kind of how they work. And it, it put into me as like, oh, you know what? I could probably do this. I mean, I definitely need financial backing, but I probably could. 
And uh, yeah, it's then you. I guess it was just a such a big league step to the level that was on. And suddenly mm-hmm. it's like, holy shit! There's way more going oh, yeah. on yeah. here. Um, any anybody that that you ask about the entire process, um, and I actually kind of regret that we didn't pull any brewers aside because I, I kind of wanted to be the podcast or the the interviewer um, that asks questions that no one else is going to ask. And I wanted to pull aside brewers because there's a few kind of taboo questions you don't want to ask anybody involved in business. And I wanted to just, I wanted to ask questions. I wanted to warn them. If they didn't want to answer, they wouldn't have had to. But uh, I I wanted to say... What's your poop like? I didn't care about their poop. I wanted to say, okay, where did you get your money? (laughs) No, seriously. I mean, okay, do you you, you have invested? Because, I mean, that's a question nobody asks. You you can get interviewed by um, Beer Advocate Magazine or or what have you, and that's the question that nobody asks. And in all the research I've done before and even after about opening up a brewery, that's the question nobody asks. That people say, you need more money than you think you're going to need. But nobody says how they got it. Obviously, investors and, and loans and this. But, I mean, I wanted to ask those taboo questions of where did you get it? How did you get it? How are you going to pay it back? And are you making enough money to feed your family and pay back these loans? I mean, obviously you are if you're still open, but there's a lot of businesses that that don't make what they think they're going to make according to their business plan, and then they go out and they're they just they're just kind of skirting that water. They're just they're just wading through, and they're 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 cutting what they should they should be making. They're cutting what their employees they're laying off employees just to to get the bills paid. And I, that's what I want to ask: When you started, were you even making any money? And that's another thing that I hear a lot is that if you like money, do not become a brewer. Then what should you be? I, a banker, I guess. But um, I mean that—that's—that's that's a big thing I, that I hear. I, I don't know. I, I know uh, quite a few people in the banking business. Unless you're going to pretty much own or run your own bank, you're yeah. still pretty shit on. Yeah. Um, I think I figured out. It's. I think the phrase should be, unless you like money, be rich. Because <laughs> that really seems to be the only. Yeah, how do you? How do you get rich? Well, if you want to be rich. All you got to do is just Get have money. rich parents. <laughs> Be born into money. It's super easy. That's where I messed up. Yeah, that's where, I mean, I, if I could just reset it and be like, no, I need richer parents. I got a lot of people. I just got to wait to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no. Um, <laughs> Cryptic. Yeah. No, um, that's that's what I kind of wanted to do, and I regret that we we really didn't have time to do it. And there's a lot of stuff I wanted to do there that we did not have time to do. Yeah, but we smashed a ton in the very short time that we had. We did. Um, we we accomplished so much. Um, we we actually we we had an interview with uh, with Linus from Yazoo, um, the the owner operator, and they they've got a really really good setup, and they're 26, 27 state distribution. And expanding all the time, and um, uh, that's that's one of the biggest interviews we've ever had. And um, we, we had a few more plans. I will to, say that overall, Nashville has been the biggest that we've had yet. It is. That, I mean, just the time we spent down there is uh, the biggest guest we've had yet. All due respect to who's put up with our shit before, but mm-hmm. yeah, the definitely the biggest names and the. Uh, I'll just say it, the, the most important figures that have. 
participated in right. our show so far. And uh, yeah. You know, I, you know what? Linus is a really good, really cool guy. He was. He was a really cool really guy. cool guy about the whole he, thing. He that we we went in there. It was the day after uh, they they actually had a uh, sour beer little unveiling unveiling at at Yazoo, and we missed that from the previous day. But it was still kind of reeling in people from that, as well as having the CBC in town and. Yazoo was slammed, and I mean it was standing room, shoulder to shoulder only, in in the tap room, and um, we just we we went in. We were we were scheduled to meet with Neil, and um, he was unavailable. And then we were we were going to meet with somebody else, and it was just so busy we couldn't grab anybody. And we we ran into Linus. Which, I just got in line to get a beer. We uh, yeah, you did actually. Um, <laughs> so you left us to fend for it. But um, I was coming back with my beer once I got my beer. <laughs> But um, I mean, we we ran into Linus, and he was he was good with it. He was ready to go. He said, "No, nah, I don't have a lot of time. I've got to get to such and such." And we were like, "That's that's fine. We don't need we don't need a lot of time. Um, we we we're pretty good at filling up the shit ourselves." So uh, <laughs> and we did. But no, uh, Linus was great. He answered every question we had. He was a good sport. And um, and then after we were done, he let us have have free reign of the entire operation behind the scenes. And uh, we got some good stuff coming out with him. We also interviewed with Ryan Newhouse for the podcast, which you're going to hear a little bit later. And um, Ryan is with the he's he's actually part of a conference from August 10th and 11th, I believe, just outside of DC. Um, it's the Beer Bloggers and Writers Conference, and um, that that's going to be a really big deal. We hope to see you guys there. Um, and like I said, you'll be able to hear from Ryan a little bit later. Who will say it way better than we are. Yes, so. yes. Um, but he was a lot of fun to get to know and, and to interview for the podcast. And um, then we also, at the actual trade show, man, we, we, we went through there and, and we talked with keg distributors and manufacturers, um, tap handle manufacturers. Um, we, we, we talked with everybody in there, actual interviews, um, you, you, you'll only get to see from a certain number of people, but uh, we, we talked with, with hop growers and grain makers and millers and, and malters. Maltsters is actually what they're called. Maltsters? Um, maltsters. Um, like a, a creature villain from a movie, but if you had a cleft palate? Malters? Well, no, not quite. The Wolfman in the Empire is a malter. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, we, we talked with those guys. We talked with um, big 100-barrel-a-year operations and even bigger. Um, but I mean, I think a lot of the prop We talked with uh, Omega Yeast. We talked with uh, some science laboratory guys. We, we talked with everybody. And like I said, um, the different interviews will, will make different stuff, but uh, may, may or may not make the cut. Um, we also talked with a new, innovative... Um, bottle crown, bottle cap uh, manufacturer, which I had a gibgasm about. Like we were walking through, yeah. and there was there it was just you've got to be on film. Uh, I, I loved what I saw so much that that you I, guys I demanded have to see yes. that one. Um, and and I mean, I was really blown away, and uh, I'm really hoping they get a lot of traction here in the states because they don't have a lot of coverage here, but it, it's it's coming because once you guys see it, it, it was it was amazing. Um, I, I hazard not to say that. Uh, we got on film the future. I hope. I do. 
Um, we talked with some software guys to, to help you guys run your brew house. And I know a lot of times we, we on the on the podcast and on the show, we talk about homebrew. But um, this was more for a pro brewer level um, application. So a lot of the stuff that you see is not going to be something that's directly relatable to you in the homebrew world. But uh, that that's our scope. We're, we're homebrew. We're pro brew. Um we're beer reviews. We're podcast. I mean, we we just we run the gamut, and uh, yeah, oh, I'm thirsty. <laughs> Which is honestly why you're going to see a ton of Dylan uh, whenever this starts going up online, is because there's there's a handful of times that I was you know I was kind of anxious to jump in, but it required so much of the uh, the technical know how part of it. I knew that I would just do nothing but stumble over it myself. Was, it was very mentally taxing. Yeah. Um, the the entire process. I mean, you you've got to you kind of got to know about their their procedure and their application, which is where and, I fell short. Right, and and then you you've also got to know the the correct questions to ask, so that not only do you not look like an idiot, but they don't look like an yeah. idiot. And um, you you've got to have complimenting questions. So I mean, it, it was it was it was really hard, and like I said, it was it was it was mentally exhausting to have to come up with new questions for everybody. And um, and I was actually talking with Patrick about this. I believe that record. We, we've done a lot of filming. We've done a lot of location shoots. But I, I believe that the conference, if there was a difficulty scale, I believe we were at eight or nine out of ten on the difficulty. That, that scale. was an expert level because we we have we have to change gears so many times to get every get the right questions and the right interviews, and we have to predict what our viewers and our our watchers. And our listeners want to hear and see. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, was, it was... I think that's what made that that convention so difficult was because it would be super easy to get just beer geeked out, just yeah. the nerd side of it. But it, you kind of, sort of had to reel it back in yeah. and be like, well, there's a lot of people who also just enjoy like the fart jokes and the what's the beer like mm-hmm. part. And that's not going to apply to them at all. Mm-hmm. And then you got to kind of paint that in on, well... They're here presenting, uh, like the, the the East Lab's a great example of that. When they're here presenting, you know, this very specific part of a brew process that they invested, you know, countless man hours mm-hmm. and brain power and uh, money into, they're not going to want to like really hear a good college humor, right. you know, right. dick joke. But and and using uh, Omega Yeast as an example, that was really hard for me to come up with any good questions for them because. Like I said, we, we're trying to target it to our our audience, and there's a lot of nuances in that that a lot of people just don't care about. Now, yeah, the pro brewers they're going to want to know the yeast counts and and the sanitation concerns and and how they're different. Which of course we covered how you're different. Why should people choose you? But it, for the the standard Joe, we've got to have a good balance. And and it, it was really difficult. And I was actually between. I was really feeling the mental strain <laughs> on that particular interview, and uh, I was just I was having no creative input at all, and I just I could not figure out what to ask. However, I mean I, I think we got our shit together, and I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah, like uh, the yeah the uh, the East Lab there. That was a good example of the fact that like, at first I was pretty on board with getting up there and asking a couple things, and as we were kind of waiting for them to clear out a little bit of space for us and, you know, get our shot set up on I realized there's nothing I'm going to be able to ask them that's going to be applicable. Yeah. Like, I can get up here and ask them a ton of lab questions, 
which is barely even going to relate to the beer industry, yeah. let alone the, the overlay between their target audience and our right. actual audience. So I was like, yeah, I'm useless for this yeah. part. And, I mean, if, if, if you did get up there and talk about the lab part of it, is that going to really be our audience? Is our yeah? That's is, just is, it. Is I'm used. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's. A I good did better split. blocking traffic. <laughs> we we have a we have about a fifty fifty split between the home brewers and the guys that just want to watch reviews, and then the pro level guys that are there to see. Well, what is the next big thing in yeast? And um, I, I think we achieved a pretty good a pretty good ratio there of knowledge to to entertainment. And I mean that's that's something I've always wanted to make sure we maintain is we do cut up and we are funny but we always try to have a good balance of education as well. Um, like how would you? So say, I really hope that, that we achieve that. Like what would you say is actual time frame from the time you get the first filial results to you get a broad spectrum of the uh, genetic descendants from that one? It's like okay, well I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that may yeah. have been. Uh, May have been more than, than even Yazoo would want to hear about that. Like the, uh, that, that, yeah, I can ask you that when we have fun. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, I don't know how many like biology nerds slash beer enthusiasts have also found our show and will actually watch that episode. That is, I think it's one dude actually. That's one guy. <laughs> well, at least we got him covered. And Rusty, we appreciate that view. You're but, a good guy. Uh, I mean, that that was our first conference, and I think it went really well. I think you guys are going to like the the results from it, and um, keep watching because we, we do have to record some vo- voiceovers. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to make this Discovery Channel back before it got bad, and uh, <laughs> we're going to make this Discovery Channel esque, and we're going to have good voiceovers and good footage and and good product. Um, but once we get those voiceovers done, there you'll start seeing some videos coming out. And uh, also, I, I do not want to neglect to mention our uh, our new game manufacturer that we interviewed at the conference. Um, it's a basically it's a bar top cornhole set, and you have dice, and you've got to get them in the respective holes. And um, it was a really really cool little demo that they gave us, and we interviewed those guys too. So look out for Dags. Yeah, I think I really think that one. Uh, if of anything that we uh, we covered. I think that one has the most potential to just really blow up. Mm-hmm. I think that's going places. Um, it, it was it was a really cool little thing, and uh, I can definitely see, especially for how we've gone batshit crazy over uh, foosball whenever we've had a few to drink. <laughs> um, I think uh, the competitive types that have a few to drink are gonna wanna wanna play this. Like I said, it was it was dice cornhole basically. Mm. And, um, just, just try not to get the the rickets about you and throw it off the the table like you did. I thought I was going to be super cool and <laughs> bank it off that back wall. I was like, this is going to work. Nope, nope, I forgot my aim is nope, shit. Nope, yep, you uh, you launched that shit across the conference floor. Yeah, but if it would have hit that back wall like I was aiming for, it would have gone straight in, and I'd have looked like an ace. <laughs> Instead, I sacrificed some idiocy for you on on you film. Look, and so. Now you look like an ace. Yep. So, you know, that's all for you. That was all for the audience. You made me look very good. I appreciate that. Um, So, I mean, we're going to cut in right now. You're going to get to hear our interview with Ryan Newhouse. And um, I think you guys are going to like it. Like I said, uh, you'll hear all the details in the interview. Go listen. Folks, we're here with Ryan Newhouse um, out of... Way far away. Missoula, Montana. Missoula, Montana. Yes, sir. So far away. Yes. Um, Most of our towns don't have that many syllables. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But uh, we're recording this from Nashville, Tennessee at the uh, Craft Brewers Conference. And uh, we wanted to sit down with Ryan to, to go over a few things about what he's got coming up. 
Um, it's going to be the ninth annual Beer Bloggers and Writers Conference. It's going to be August 10th and 11th. So if, <laughs> if anybody here is enjoying the mystical ambiance oh, of this yeah. particular podcast, <laughs> uh-huh. that is the soothing sounds of downtown Nashville in the background. Yeah. Try not to let it lull you to sleep. <laughs> Country music capital of the world. It's, um, and, and city. It's, it's very horny here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> August 10th and 11th, the uh, annual Beer Bloggers and Writers Conference. It's in Lugan County, Virginia, which is just outside of Washington, D.C. Um, but we want to talk to you about what's going on. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, first, thank you for having me, and of thanks course. for meeting me in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I really like it here. Uh, before I lived in Montana, I lived in East Tennessee. and uh, it's, almost so it's almost the same. It's almost the same, but what I've always heard is back when Tennessee was settled, they put up a sign, and the sign read, West Tennessee. And anybody who could read that sign moved <laughs> to West Tennessee. Anybody who couldn't stayed there, which is where I'm from, East Tennessee. Oh, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, I just stole that. Good. I took that one away. But uh, yeah, so man, I've been playing in the beer world for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm super stoked to be able to talk about the Beer Bloggers Writers Conference. Here, uh, I'm here at the CBC to meet people like you guys, uh, podcasters, creators, content writers, beer writers, but also speakers, you know, people who would be interested in coming to speak at our conferences. So what we do, we are doing the ninth annual Beer Bloggers and Writers Conference, and that is going to be in Sterling, Virginia. August 10th and 11th and what we'd like to do is we bring in hundreds even there are hundreds of beer writers out there and we bring them in every year dozens (laughs) lots and lots I need multiple hands and fingers to count them all you have to take off boots to count this many (laughs) yes (laughs) it is that many but we give them unique experiences wherever we go so it's a traveling conference like the CBC is here because it's in Nashville and um, I think it was in DC last year so we, we give them a unique experience we, we put them in touch with local brewers uh, and, and uh, influencers and we give them just days to connect network uh, talk about beer what's going on in that area so we're, we're it's just something that we're passionate about and this is so it's one of the two beer conferences that we do every year we, we also now have a newly formed beer marketing and tourism conference we just announced today and actually this is the first time that I'm making a physical announcement but that will be in Boise Idaho next year 2019 uh, it'll be March 24th through 26 and that's aimed at uh, breweries uh, brewery tour operators like those good brew buses that you see around and tap room managers and uh, destination management organizations that type of stuff so that's a component of it but anyway yeah i beer bloggers conference is near and dear to my heart i've been to it many years myself and then uh, happy to take on this position to create content for it and market it as well that that sounds really cool and i mean you talk about the, the the beer bloggers and writers Anybody can drink a beer and enjoy it and tell you what's in it. It takes somebody special to write about a beer and mm-hmm. make you feel like you've had that beer. Yeah. Entirely correct. I mean, that's where I really applaud the work that these beer writers... I almost need a new term. If you guys can come up with that, that would be great. You know? It's in the but, tank now. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, beer bloggers love to be called beer bloggers or beer influencers. We've got so many platforms uh, 
podcasting to video to the written word, but it is any avenue that someone takes to share their passion for craft beer and tell the story. It may be just about a particular beer that they've had, but it's often so much more. It's where they go. It's where they see their friends. It's how the brewery got started. It's the place that that brewery holds in that community as well. Excellent. Wow. That's actually really amazing and refreshing to hear somebody who can paint the idea of how complex it is to translate taste into relatable information, which it's almost like if I were to try to tell you how a color smells, it's nearly Mm -hmm. impossible to paint an accurate picture on something so personal Mm -hmm. from a hundred to a thousand miles away. But being that, I think I have that term he's looking for. All right, I'm ready. Hop talkers. Oh, I like it. So I was kind of thinking with the whole content. Moving on. That's terrible. With, uh, so I was so that happened. <laughs> I was thinking something along the lines content creators. I was thinking like yeast is the growing aspect, but then I'm like, oh. what? Watch how you're walking this one. How do you use yeast and not not sound gross about it? I yes. Guess, you know? Beer heads, we we know it. We know uh-huh. yeast, and we're like, yeah, yeast is great. Most people are like yeast. Oh. Not sure about that. You're dancing around this gas fire. Very this well. is good. I mean, I think it. I think it's, it's refreshing, just from a personal standpoint, to find somebody that cares about beer mm-hmm. as, as much as, as we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, in our area, and I'm sure being from the hugely popular area that you're in, uh-huh. I'm sure you. It's it's hard to find people that care about it as, as much as you do. I so when agree. you when you just you want to talk for hours about a beer with, with somebody. Mm-hmm. They just don't get it. Yeah. And yeah. then then you've got the few people that say, well, you drink too much, you're an alcoholic. That has nothing to do with that. It, we've talked about on the podcast before, if beer had no alcohol in it, would you still enjoy it? Would you still mm. drink it? I mean, the yeah. toxicity is just kind of a byproduct. It's, yeah. I, I brew at home, and it, it's it's not even about drinking it. It's just about seeing what you can come up with and making a good product. Yep. And it's, I, I, I could go on for. Well, but let me tell you though, the the alcohol is is, is a great byproduct in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does not hurt. <laughs> Malt whispers. Malt whispers. <laughs> Fermen talkers. Oh, this is just going to be a brainstorming session. Fermen tellers. Fermen tellers. I like that. I better register that before you, <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> all of these uh, people. Wow, he's typing fiercely on his phone right now. All these domains. That's amazingly <laughs> fast. I got to call my guy here. Yeah. Uh, well, just the fact that this conference that we do is entering its ninth year. Mm-hmm. And if you think about what you were doing, any of you listeners and yourselves, what were you doing nine years ago? Yeah, like, yeah. were you enjoying craft beer? Were you communicating about craft beer? I mean, we have, you know, all due respect to my lovely audience and my attendees for craft beer conferences, we have some old timers in quotation marks, sure. and we love that. We've had people that have come to all nine conferences, mm. and uh, so it is, it is evolving, and, and but it's there's a permanent to it as well because craft beer has done that Mm -hmm. it has placed itself into this fabric of an industry and a community and it's not going anywhere no I mean it is is a culture now it it really is and and it's 
it's everywhere, and and I hope the bubble never bursts. I, oh, I, absolutely! I, it's always like I hope new brewers open up every day on mm-hmm. every corner. I hope it's the new Starbucks. Yes, great. Um, uh-huh. the, well, uh, the craft beer <laughs> industry—it's painted a thousand shades of gray on the beer landscape. Whereas you crank it back 30, 40 years, you had four to six predominant beer names, they all essentially made the same adjunct lager. Yep. And you were either in or you were out. Mm-hmm. So, and, the, and we've talked about that on the podcast of when we were younger and, and ignorant to what craft beer was, I, I remember going to Walmart or, or any insert convenience store here and 99% of what you saw in the cooler or on the shelf was big blue boxes and, yep. and and, and you didn't see that, which Sam Adams has been on a lot of those shelves. I was but, about but, to say Sam Adams. When, when I saw those, what I saw was, well, this is the good brand, mm-hmm. and Sam Adams is the Walmart brand. Yeah. That, that, it, it was the generic <laughs> stuff, and it, yeah. it's, not, it, it's not like that at all. And, and I mean, we're, we're getting way off. And tangent. Guinness was yeah. exotic. Yeah, Guinness, yeah, Guinness was Oh, absolutely. That had to come across water. That's... I, I remember the first time I got a Guinness at a uh, bar, which is, you know, just in anywhere town, USA, and the bartender took the extra effort and put a little clover leaf shape in the head of my beer. Mind blown. All right. And I and I could point that back to one of those memorable experiences. But it, I mean, that's what translates. Like the bartender was doing this thing and making it unique experience. Yeah, and it, it's one thing to yeah. get a Guinness. It's another thing to get a Guinness that's been poured right. Yes. And, and then getting that extra detail as well. Absolutely. But Guinness is a lot of people's gateway beer too. Entirely. That's really the first one that, that they get. first one has this dark, the dark notes, the mm-hmm. coffee-like flavor. Yep. The the softness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that surprises a lot of people. Yeah. I, I talk to a lot of people now about Guinness, which I'm not a huge fan of it anymore because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking that's Imperial a, Russian. Yeah. Right now, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and people talk to me about Guinness and how it's just coffee and heavy and syrupy and just like no but I mean it just shows you So here's a a not so subtle transition for you because we're talking about Guinness. At this beer bloggers conference Mm -hmm. that's coming up in August, one of our side trips is going to the Guinness Brewery up around Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And these guys have just come in to the Maryland area. Uh, They're not only doing great things for the state, but this brewery has a barrel aging program. Would you have thought of Guinness and barrel aging, Not right? Really, no. Right. So here we are, like again, a brewery that's pushing those limits mm-hmm. and looking to to redefine itself and are not opening themselves up to us. So. Guinness really missed missed the boat. Um, whenever craft beer was growing and it's and expanding, mm-hmm. they really just stuck with their one or two circulated in in this country. And then, and then mm-hmm. you had your foreign extra that came over every once in a while. Yep. And, You've also got your harp and whatnot, but I mean, they really didn't want to get out of there what they knew. And mm-hmm. Sam Adams had that issue. Sam Adams didn't want to get into IPAs, and and they kind of missed that boat. And they they're mm-hmm. trying to play catch up now, but now they're embracing it. Mm-hmm. And Guinness is embracing it. And now you've got all these uh, the Brewmaster collections, um, yeah. uh, the Guinness Rye, yeah, they've got <laughs> uh-huh. the Guinness Black Pale Ale, and the Guinness and Blonde, they're Guinness yeah. Blonde, and yes. they're really they're trying to play catch up and. And having barrel aged, I mean that—that's going to be a, a game changer there. I think that would be great. It is, and I, I applaud anyone's efforts to make you know, not 
not always rest on their laurels, but uh, you know we see that with craft breweries. They're always looking for their niche. They're they're looking yeah. for what they like and what they do well. A few of the places that we've visited, it, it seems like a really common problem for a brewer to find a good, safe niche mm-hmm. and not want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they find what works. They find what sells. And until they start seeing numbers in the red, they don't want to get out of it. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, it, it, it comes to point. You, you either move forward or you close down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I really, I really, I mean, I've made this comparison before. I really love, because wine is honestly what brought me into trying new kinds of beer. Oh, cool. was, because with wine, you could get a different bottle each time, and it was something different. Yep. And I didn't see that with beer, because I was still seeing, like, Stroh's and, you know... Perhaps blue ribbon and stuff. It wasn't all different. It was a little different. Yeah. But it wasn't like you know something I could work work out the flavors. Yeah. And I think now, especially with the more we know about yeast and hops and everything else and barrel aging, we know so much more now about how to make beer and how to make it in complex and amazing ways. And I, I didn't yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Which well, I think is why something like the bloggers uh, and writers conference is coming up is honestly it to the industry because yeah. uh, podcasts like ours and a lot of the other great ones out there when it comes to, to taste talkers like we are mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of brand new layers that are coming in like Patrick was talking yeah. about it was like okay we can make this complex we can make this complexity more complex yep. it's, it's never as simple as which hops is in this now it's yeah. like well, <laughs> yeah. how many hops how were they put in yeah. what about you know all the stuff it's beautiful I love it it's, so, it's, yes. without without blog, uh, bloggers Blockers? Without, without bloggers and writers the small new year old brewer is not going to be known mm-hmm. sure. it's up to you guys to get that out of it out in the open let everybody know about it yeah um, and a lot we, of these are a bit of a kind of a branch walking risk mm-hmm. really because a lot of the times you're going to do small batch, you're going to do a trial on something. Let's face it, that price tag on the shelf goes up. Mm-hmm. And if you can have somebody that you can trust to relay to you, hey, if you go for it, this is what you're in yeah. for. It can paint or speak or write an accurate portrayal. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit safer of a bet to go to it, and you can potentially open up that brand new avenue. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I do, I, even myself, sometimes I walk up and there's this... You know, oh, a triple IPA is four pack for twenty eight dollars. So <laughs> I think it's a little sketchy, and I do this for love, and it's just still like, oh, the wallet's a yeah. little light in the pocket this week. Yep. We've gotten off topic like we usually do, so let's like just steer back to you. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> 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 so, so who needs to go? Oh, good talk? question. That, yeah, very good question. I would honestly, the the big answer is anybody who is interested in either taking a risk and communicating their passion for craft beer and they're either starting out or thinking about starting out to the more established bloggers, podcasters, Instagrammers, videographers, anybody who is excited and has been telling the story of, of craft beers uh, should come here and network and just be around other people that are doing the same thing for the same reason. It really is about passion. I mean, these people, I, I have been there myself too, of just absolutely, they're, 
there's not a big budget you know you're not getting paid to drink this beer often than other than maybe you get a free pint here and yeah, there yeah. Which so, and those so I love those I love those <laughs> but uh, it really is uh, it's it's this neat subculture there's no other place or conference like this one for this group of people so come here and then and just meet the others that are out there doing this and that's the fun thing tell everybody how to go absolutely sign up all right so lots of places but start at beerbloggersconference.org.org you can find out uh, all about this conference our agenda that's a work in progress we are very excited that dogfish heads founder ceo uh, sam calagione is going to be our keynote speaker. Wow. Um, he's going to come down, spend some time with us. It's a bit good. It's That's a good. <laughs> really nice. Not only that, here's, here's the real value in the conference. We make it affordable, very affordable to spend. We give you a lot of beer, a lot of time with these people, free food often for a nominal fee. But we also have pre-conference and post-conference excursions. So one of the pre-conference excursions is taking people up to Dogfish Head, spending a night at Dogfish Inn, having a fireside chat with Sam at Dogfish Head. That's not something you get at a lot of conferences. No, not at all. Who's willing to take a wild swing at brewing endeavors? Absolutely. He's a great guy to speak to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're stoked. Uh, and then post conference that and I've already mentioned Guinness. Um, post conference we're gonna take people down uh, to uh, the Richmond, Virginia, and they're absolutely a, a bursting beer scene. But start at uh, beerbloggersconference.org and they can see the agenda they can see these trips that they have join us on facebook we've got two very active communities we have a facebook page and then we have a group as well for alumni and attendees with some uh, neat conversations going on there so find us on social media but we're not too far away we're only a few minutes outside of dulles airport so driving or flying it's not going to okay. be too far away well i'm sure we could have those links in the description i think we might yeah. absolutely and I am very stoked that this year we're going to have a dedicated session just talking about podcasting, just talking about what you guys sure are doing. Sure, we can probably so. pick up a few corners of it. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little hint, hint from Ryan over Yes, here. yes. A little hint, hint. <laughs> um, but I would say it's, it's not even just for the people who, who talk and write about it. I think if uh, you're listening to this right now, if you're somebody mm-hmm. who likes to consume the content, Mm-hmm. If you have a, a thirst for the knowledge of the thirst, this would also be for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, these are the people point. you you know you consume the content from. Mm-hmm. You make you may come up with just more people that you want to uh, read and talk mm-hmm. to or or meet or figure out how it's done. Right. Yeah. Everybody's opinion is different. You might you know take a little while to find that right person. But <laughs> yes. Hey, you know, <laughs> take a few listens, find out. <laughs> we appreciate you being on. My pleasure. Gosh, this was too much. Too much fun. Too much fun. Too much, too fun. much fun. Before we sign <laughs> off, though, I have to. I have to. Know. Have to know. Have to know. Have to know. How long have you been growing the goatee? Ah, yeah. good question. Yeah, that's right, podcast. Yes, you're sir. listening and can't see anything. You're so this goes listen. back. This goes back to how do you describe a color, right? Yes. Yeah, in there. So this has come from uh, one of those 
No Shave Novembers from three years ago. I was going to say, that's not this last time. No, no. This is a good three, three years and some months now. I've always had some sort of facial hair uh, yeah. since I could ever grow it. But I took on that challenge and I just let it go. It's probably as long as it's going to get. Um, but uh, but I like it. I, for, for better or worse, pe- people can recognize the beer. I mean, yeah. yeah it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. I I say, though, for, for those of you unwilling to Google it, it's not exactly uh, Karate Sensei long, but it's mm-hmm. definitely well within the pondering slow stroke length. But not, oh, quite, yes. not quite deep dwarf. No. no. Oh, I like that. I'll give you the insider info real quick. One, I get most compliments on this from other guys. I don't know. <laughs> Women are just too intimidated by it, man. Here's the catch: uh, I, I most the the most frequent requests I get for braiding it happen from women at concerts <laughs> for the weirdest reason. I haven't figured it out. LSD's a strange. They're really, <laughs> they're really high. That's what it is. Ah, okay. It's that intricate finger movement. You know? Yeah, that plus Something if you to do. really get the rhythm down, you can actually feel hear the. Oof, oof. Oh, I like that. It's it's like an organic glow stick. I need to go to more EDM concerts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, once again, we appreciate you being on. Thank Uh, you, fellas. Everybody, make sure to check it out. It's going to be great. What are the names, dates again? Let's get those. Yeah, beerbloggersconference.org, and that's going to be August 10th and 11th. We're going to be in Sterling, Virginia, outside of Dulles, outside of Washington, D.C., and it's going to be just a darn good time. Darn good time, guys. Darn good time. Yep. And for those of you out there who want to do an extra deep cut, don't forget Ryan is also a published author. Uh Uh-oh. You can look up his works as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have put some words on paper. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, I have the one and only book about Montana craft beer. Yeah. And I also founded the Montana Brewery Passport. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Those are only excuses to drink beer. So this is a nice way to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, uh, well consumed. Fellow. There you go. Yeah. 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 That is Thanks so much more elegant. <laughs> uh, it's like he has a way with words. A way. I'm, I'm stealing that one too and putting it in the pouch. Well, thank you. Right. Thank you again. Thank you, thank and, you. And um, we hope to see you tomorrow. Great. Yeah. Look forward to it. It's going to be a fun week. Thank you much. Yeah. Folks, there you have it. That was Ryan Newhouse with the Craft Beer Bloggers and Writers Association. Thank you so much. I was struggling on that. We've been drinking during the break. We have. Lots. It's gone empty. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah. But make sure you guys check Ryan out. Make sure to check out the Bloggers Writers Conference coming up in August. And like I said, hopefully we're going to be there to, to cover it as well. And maybe you guys can come meet us. Um, now, I know this has been a very beer-centric podcast, and we're going to discuss a couple more beer things because we're still coming off the high that was a CBC, but um, we're also we're going to take a, a little bit of time here to discuss some other things, but um, I, I do want to mention something. I mentioned earlier that it kind of flamed the, 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 the flames that, man, I should drink more. We drank too much too during much. the break. Um, it really fanned the flames as far as me wanting to open up a brewery. I do have reservations, of course, monetary loss and losing everything. Um, but that's the American dream, right? But um, aside from that, I, I have issues with uh, people ask me, where are you going to get your money? And, and I have had a lot of people say, well, do you want investors? Do you want partners? Do you want this? Do you want that? Yes and no. 
Um, it would be great, but I don't want to have to answer, even though I would be majority owner, I don't want to have to answer to someone that just thought making beer would be a good idea and knows nothing about the industry and then wants to come in and, and tell me what kind of beer to make. I, I, I have issues with that. And when I make beer, I want it to be the beer that I... I'll happily take input from anybody. And I, I'll always take criticism and critique and suggestions. But I don't want Investor B to say, well, now we need a Bud Light over here on tap. Because as an investor, he's part owner, and now I have to oblige. So, I mean, I, I just I don't like that idea. So I was actually thinking that I would get a building. I mean, this is all, of course, just talk and, and nothing substantial. But what I plan to do, if it happens, is get a big enough building that I can sublease it. And I've also done a lot of research. There for a long time, I thought that the only way to make money within the tri-state area in which we live is to open up a brew pub and have a restaurant attached. I don't want to be a restaurant manager first and a brewer second because, honest to God, that's what it would end up being. Because you're only making beer a small portion of the time. The rest of the time you're managing the restaurant and cleaning the, the, the brew side of it. I don't want that. I want to be attached to the beer and the beer only. And also... If you have a brew pub, it's going to be really hard to sell your beer, to sell a tap to a restaurant down the road. So I don't want to have that competition. So what I think I'm going to do is, again, all hypothetical, but I would get a large enough building to sublease, let someone come in that wants to run a restaurant, that way I'm not attached to it at all, then I'll sell them my beer. And also have a large enough area that um, I may have a couple other tenants that... That, uh, that way I can have steady income while I'm doing it, also have my dedicated system, and, and let somebody else do that. So that's, that's what I would like to do as far as investors. I don't know. If you're going to be very, very hands-off, maybe, but, uh, and obviously with an option for buyout. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, now I'm, uh, for some stupid reason, for the supreme amount of letdown that I'm going to get, I've been looking, at, looking up uh, or looking into names and, and what I would name it. So trying to be creative so if you guys have any suggestions for names drop them drop a line as always dylan at three guys beer or you can reach us at three guys beer.com of course um or you can reach us on twitter at three guys beer or facebook at three guys beer or instagram at three guys beer yeah yep you definitely drank too much during the break i did yep um we've also we've got a google plus but i don't think people use that anymore I didn't even know we had a Google Plus. Well, I think it's kind of by default because we, when we signed up for YouTube, we kind of just got auto-associated with Google. Uh, so it's that's the air freshener that comes with the car you buy. But Basically, yeah, everybody's going to get one of those. It's kind of like the tank of gas, but not quite as useful. <laughs> it's like, here, if, if we give it to everyone, then it's going to be popular and everybody's going to want to use it. Instead, it's just the chunk of swag that everybody pretty much throws out. Yeah. No, I, I wasn't intimidated by the, the actual... It, it did not make me more anxious about running. The only concern I have about opening my own brewery would be that I would get tired of beer because it turns from hobby to job. job. Yeah. Uh, so that that's that's pretty much my biggest concern other than, of course, money. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Barroom dreams. You heard them right here. Yeah. That's exactly what segment we're in right now. Barroom dreams. I feel like uh, I've done a lot of talking on this episode. 
You have. Have you, You've done very well. Well, thank you. Very proud of you here. Um, since we've done so much talking, let's talk about talking. Okay. Do you like your own voice? I absolutely do not when I hear it recorded. Yeah? No. Um, I have to hear my voice a lot. <laughs> because between the, the playing back the podcast, which we always go back and listen to our own product and watch our own videos, we always do that at least a dozen times to make sure we didn't miss a typo or something, even after it's done and up there and nothing we can do about it. Quality control, yes. really. We're, we're more uh, post-upload quality control. <laughs> Um, we're we're hindsight driven. We're like, yeah. yeah, shouldn't have done that part. <laughs> we'll know from now on. But I mean, on top of all that, whenever we're editing the videos, I mean, it's not just like when it, whenever a video gets edited, I watch it and cut this, cut this, exit, done. No, it's okay. Let's watch this, clip it, paste this in here, make sure the transitions are good. Go back and watch it to make sure I didn't leave anything weird in there. Make sure I didn't cut anything important out. So I have to hear my own voice on the, saying the exact same thing at least five times per little edit I make. So um, I'm used to it. I don't. I don't like nor dislike it. I'm. I'm pretty used to it. It's just every time I hear my voice played back, it's always so much more nasal than it sounds inside my own head. And I, I realize that it's the same way for everybody. Your voice right. always sounds different hearing it from another source than from your own mouth. If you really want to break this down, it's because of the fact that the vibrations from your vocal cords affect the way your inner ear picks it up because it's coming from the same source. Whereas an outside source like a speaker, there's actually nothing to interrupt the direct reception your ears get, but that's blah, blah, blah. So this is why I couldn't talk to the lab guys. I'd go, I'd go way too far into the nerd part. I wish I sounded like I sound in my head. I wish just about everything about me was the way I think it is in my head. <laughs> it's that real world disappointment time when you're like, yeah, that's not what I thought. So it kind of messes with me because I was actually reading something just uh, yesterday, which was the fact that you don't exist. Sounds very existential. It really was. It's it's. It was essentially, this is the gist of it. You, as you see yourself, as you think of yourself, is completely different than the way everybody else sees you. Because whenever they, when somebody meets you or when somebody hangs out with you, they form their own independent, existent uh, impression of you. And that becomes you to them. And for some people, that impression of you will line up. Therefore, it becomes a more concrete version of you. However, you as you think you are is solely a construct of your own mind. Therefore, it's not really you at all. So what you're saying is that we all live in the Matrix. I think that's it, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was... I think that's where they're going with that one. But it was just kind of kind of one of those like brain ticklers to think about. And it's, it's sort of the same way. It's like, you don't sound the way you think you do when everybody else right. hears the real sound of you. Um, speaking of the ear and vibrations. So anybody who's been uh, drinking along with that episode, just think about <laughs> this for a little while. Uh, touching on the, the, the vibrations of the ear and whatnot. Yeah, let's touch um, on the vibrations. Let's now we're touch talking. Those vibrations. Um, I, I was actually, ever since I was a little kid, I've been able to do something. I've, one of my mutant powers, all uh, like... You, you, you think of mutants and you think, okay, well, Wolverine, he's got claws, and he has a sense of smell, and he's he's got all these things that's kind of associated with what he's called. And um, 
Yeah, mutants typically have powers that are kind of related. Well, all of my mutant powers are very sparsely different. Uh, one of my mutant powers is that I can make my inner ear vibrate. And I, it's it sounds like you hear a volcano erupting. Yeah. And I just... I've, I've had this gift or curse ever since I, I can remember as far back as I can remember and I can remember as going back as far as four years old some of my first memories were, were questions about myself and I was like okay why what what is this do you hear and I would like do it and nobody could hear it it was just in my head about three days ago I learned that this was an actual thing other people can can do it some people can't anyway it's it's a it's when you have voluntary control I guess this is going to be our tidbit okay. our interesting tidbit I didn't plan for that but um, it, it's when you can voluntarily control your tensor tympani muscle in in your ears and and that's that's what it that's what causes it um, so yeah come to find out that's a legit thing that some people can do, some people can't do. So after all these years, I now know. It's been 30 years I've been looking for an answer, <laughs> and I finally found the answer to that. I just just browsing Reddit one day. Somebody was talking about it, and I was like, holy shit, this is a... Th- I, I know now. It was a revelation. For You're me. not alone. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And there's actually a, uh, a subreddit dedicated to people that can do it. And it, it's called like auto rumblers or something like I don't remember what it's called, but like a bunch of the posts in the particular subreddit are like, okay, what other superpowers do you have? Because apparently I'm part of an exclusive fucking group. But uh, yeah, that's um, that is a very useless superpower. Yeah, it, it's kind of like that one mutant who who had one power, one power only, and he could only use it once because once he used it, he would die. That's, that that may be less useful. That that would be more useful because he at least he can, when he blows up, I mean he can wipe out whoever's robbing. The no, I was talking about it. yours. That's oh, even mine? less useful. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of these days, I'll find the proper application for that, and I will take over the world. And apparently, there's going to be a small army of you. So I'm doing it now. Just the rumblers. I'm doing it now. None of us can hear it. Damn! None of us. It's a power that I can only have in my own head that no one else understands. Pretty sure that's called a delusion of grandeur. Oh, yeah. I can make my eyes shake rapidly. Uh, some of the people in that subreddit said that yeah. they, they, could, they had that superpower. Yeah. Uh, although, I mean, that's, you know, that's one I can demonstrate to other people. However, then you always get asked the same damn question. Well, how do you do that? Yeah. I don't know. How do you bend your finger? Yeah. You just yeah. do yeah. it. I mean, it, it's, it's like, like, okay, your cat can move his tail. Yeah. But you, as a person who have no tail, does not understand how that tail moves. Yeah. But it's just like moving your finger. Yeah. It's just another appendage that would move. But yeah, they're always like, how do you do that? Well, you just do it. Like, you know, moving your finger. You can willfully look at it and be like, okay, I'll curl my finger. If you had to explain it, good luck. <laughs> you just will that shit to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it is with a shake in your eyes. That you know, I've met people could do it as, you know, like I could. Um, but yeah, and every one of us, because I've asked him, I was like, "Man, have you ever been able to explain to people how you do it?" And they're like, "No, I just do yeah, it. It just yeah. happens." Yeah. It's like whenever you and your ear rumbling militia start taking over the world, I can make it look like the explosion is way bigger by shaking my eyes real quick. <laughs> so, I, I had somebody ask me one time if I could still see when I did that. 
Like, no, yeah, you just I, go I, completely I, fucking yeah, blind. I detach my eyes completely to do this. Completely fucking blind. Yeah. It's like, if you ever see me doing it, move real quick. It's I'll like be every it. superpower has a weakness. When I do mine, I go blind. <laughs> it's it's a pain for almost three full minutes. <laughs> like if you oh, ever, you're blind for four minutes. I don't think I would ever try to do that again. Three. Three full. Three full. Okay. Three full minutes. Okay. So it's like three three minutes and the four seconds that I do it for. And then that, yeah. A lot of people... And it fades back in. It's like... It's just blurry vision, drunk vision, poor vision, then vision. Yeah. yeah. It, come, it comes back oh, on a gradient. Yeah. I wasn't going to talk about Infinity War. Let's not. I'm not going to say much. Uh, All I'm going to say is I do have a topic written down for us to discuss, and we'll probably revisit this again next week whenever we have a, a third member at the table or bar, whatever we're at now. <laughs> um, but I... How have spoilers ruined your life? Ruined? Affected yeah, in a negative I, way. I mean, ruined may be a little bit melodramatic. I don't, think, I don't think it's ever really ruined. I don't even think it's even actually really ever ruined a movie. I hate spoilers. I don't like them. Uh, although, I mean, there there are some I'll ask for just to, if, like, if I know I'm not going to go and... I mean, try it, to read it, or it see makes or like it that. makes me enjoy a movie less when I know what's going to happen. Um, like with with Star Wars, there was a huge spoiler. Um, both of the new Star Wars, um, huge spoiler, and people just cannot help themselves but to spoil it for people. It's stupid. You go to Washington Post and read an article about something, and there's a spoiler in the comments. Why? <laughs> this is about fucking United States <laughs> economics. Why is there a spoiler about Star Wars? It makes no sense. But people love to ruin things for other people. Hinging on the forecast of a weak foreign economy, it's expected the stocks will drop. Batman and Superman had the same mother's names. And this, <laughs> what, what was that in there? Yeah, Justice League had a big spoiler. Everybody said, Superman's coming back. Well, they, they kind of said that. In the yeah. yeah. That was a given. Because um, like, I remember when somebody finally spoiled that for me, I already knew it was going to yeah. And they're like, well, I don't want to ruin it for you, but like somebody comes back. It's like, it's Superman. <laughs> like, how'd you know? It's like uh, because of the fact that like he's credited in the movie, and some of like uh, the early posters had the outline of the the S symbol. It's like you don't yeah. have to be a genius to figure out where that's going. I like to think that the little tidbits <laughs> that I drop whenever I watch a movie and try to talk about it with people that haven't. I like to think that my tidbits make them want to see it more. Um, there's one that I talked about while we were at the CBC. And it wasn't really a spoiler because you know, kind of, I mean, and everybody's thinking random things and has nothing to do with what you actually think I'm talking about. But um, there's there's a a part that is after every Avengers movie. And um, it's not that this time. And it's like hearing something like that makes people want to watch it more. But uh, I will say one huge spoiler for Infinity War. Batman dies. I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. So, if if you want Batman to do good, I've, I've got some awful news for you. Anyway. Um, ever, ever since uh, Wayne Enterprises bought out Stark, he just he wasn't the same. He went crazy. I'm not sure who has more money in that situation. <laughs> I think, I, I'm, thinking, I, I'm thinking Stark. R- reminds me of that fantastic meme of uh, Batman and Iron Man throwing money, money at each other. Yeah. And then Spider-Man runs in and starts scooping it up. <laughs> What's your superpower, money? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, Wayne, Stark, 
He throws a wad of cash at him. He throws one back, and then they're just like making it rain on each other. Next thing you know, Parker's in there <laughs> scooping it into a bag. That's some shit Peter would do. <laughs> photography doesn't pay great <laughs> that's a great thing about spider-man i think is that everybody not rich and and everything can kind of relate to him he's awkward and and um yeah I, I think people can relate to spider-man but he's cool as hell when he gets that black suit and he goes to the jazz club oh my god <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about the venom movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can talk about the venom. The venom. I mean, that's how much I am upset of. Anyway, um, we finally got to see. Have you seen the trailer? We finally get to see Venom. I have, and man, I I couldn't even enjoy or <laughs> judge the part of Venom because the how they keep saying symbiote messed with me. Symbiote or whatever yeah, yeah, the hell it was. Symbiote. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that throws me so bad. Oh, I no, forgot I'm saying the, you're wrong. I was just saying, it threw me so bad, I don't even remember what the rest of the trailer was. <laughs> I just remember four people going symbiote. I will say that uh, the look of Venom is amazing. He looks great. He looks like what I wish Topher could have been in 3, Spider-Man 3. Um, I hope he acts like what I wish Topher could have been in Spider-Man 3. Um, I just really do not understand how you're going to have black suit web-ish spinning venom spider on the chest which we don't know that there's a spider on the chest but how do you have a venom without spider-man first you can't it frustrates me well you just rewrite the symbiote story that's why uh, maybe that's what it is it's not the symbiote it's a different venom this is a symbiote different guy okay i just uh i don't know i wish they just (laughs) just capitalize on the craze i guess but Every bad superhero movie you guys put out is watering it down for everybody else, and there's going to be a, a tipping point. So just, I I will admit as the with the all the trailers I've seen of it, I still don't even know where they're going with it. From what I've picked up, Eddie has moved from. I, I'm assuming he's got the hatred for Spider-Man already because he's. I'm sure they'll name drop Spider-Man, but um, he's moved from New York to San Francisco, I believe. And now he's got cancer, so now he's basically Deadpool with a, a oily suit, I mm-hmm. think. But yeah, I think I think he's got some sort of cancer, and that they found this experimental whatever, and it's supposed to heal people. That's that's what I've picked up from it. I said, is I'm st- he's telekinetic now too. In the first trailer, you see him like knocking a bunch of computers and shit off tables. I don't understand that either, but. Maybe, maybe it'll surprise me. Maybe, maybe they just maybe. forgot to CG in the Black Web stuff. Maybe they can't have that yet. Maybe they like they saw that on its third or fourth air on TV, and they're like, "Oh shit, <laughs> well, that one wasn't supposed to be on the trailer reel." I don't know. I, I do have more hope for it than I did after the first trailer because I saw Venom, and Venom looks pretty good. But um, I don't know. I just it's not filling me with a lot of hope. But folks, that's our hour. That was an hour. Yeah. It's actually only 40 minutes from us, but that's... <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's our hour. Uh, do we have anything for last call? Um, no. I, I mean, Nashville just pulled me in so many directions, I didn't really get around to it. So, <laughs> uh, guys, if you did not get a direct email answer back from this this time, just please uh, send your emails to uh, Dylan at 3 com or William at 3 com. 
you can even go out on a limb and send one to Patrick at. Be- uh, we drank way too much during that break. I'll drink a little more. Yeah, uh, Patrick at threeguysbeer.com. However, that may take a little bit longer because his mobile device is potatoing right now. <laughs> so he'll actually have to be at, at his uh, desk to get it. But as always, you can find us at Three Guys Beer on Twitter and Instagram. That is T H R E E, not the number. Find us at Three Guys Network on YouTube and Facebook. One more time, that is T H R E E, not the number. And come check us out at ThreeGuysBeer.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks to everybody who's listening to this that we saw in Nashville this past week. We had a great time. Uh, we drank a great amount, and then we had to sleep even longer. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Good night. That's all for happy hour. Happy hour's over. Ray, you brought me nothing back from your trip. No, I know. I'm no Superman.